Ephesians 3. We were looking at verses 14 through 21. Today, the plan is to finish up with the first half of 17. Please follow with the reading of the Word of God. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height in the depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, and that you may be filled up with all of the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you, Father, for this text. Father, I uh, pray that you give us ears to hear. And Father, that we become overwhelmed by it. But Father, that it becomes part of our fiber, our conscious. We love you, Lord. We thank you that you drew us here today. Father, I really thank you that you have given us your word, your holy book, that we may grow in our faith by it. To you, my King. Amen. We, who are the miracle of the church, we are separated out of the poverty of the age, of the poverty of of our world. We are the body of Christ. Paul's desire, what we've been looking at, is that every Christian be functioning on full power. Verse 20, remember that? Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond what we can ask or think, according to the power that works within us. That's how he wants us. That's why we have this text. This text I shared with you a couple of weeks ago is a bridge. It's between the first three chapters and the last three chapters. I also shared with you two weeks ago, I believe, that this section is called a henna purpose clause. Okay, there's five of them. And basically what that is, is that a purpose clause that are, they call them henna, they're in line. When this happens, then this will happen. And when that happens, then this will happen. And when that happens, then this will happen. And when that happens, then this will happen. It happens in order. Okay, 
It's like, I remember years and years, golly, how long ago was that? I wasn't even in leadership in this church. And we were doing fruit of the Spirit. So we, they laid out, it was a class we were taking. I think on Thursday nights or something. Anyway. <laughs> and you, you got love. Okay, so we spent two weeks on love. This is love. And now that we've got that nailed down, then let's go to, okay, now we got joy. And okay, okay, now I got joy. All right, I got joy. Okay, I got love. I got joy. And then by the time you got to the fourth one, you forgot what the first one was. And so you had to back up and say, okay, I got to go back to the love. And, I, and then that is not what that text even has to deal with. But the text means that all of that comes out of love, if you read it right. Okay, because it doesn't say fruits of the Spirit. It says singular. And the first fruit is what? And once you have that, you have joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, and all the rest. Okay? Side note. This, on the other hand, has to be done in order. You can't look at it and say, okay, he's giving me five things here. And if I get three out of five, I'm, I'm rocking it. Okay, because none of this works out of order. That's why when you look at the church today, so many of us know what the last three chapters are. Okay, we know that wives are to submit to their own husbands. We know that a husband is to love his wife and kids are supposed to honor their parents and you're supposed to be good to your employees. We know all of that. The problem is, is that once you take chapter 1 and 2 and part of 3, if you don't have that, don't even worry about 4 to 6. Okay? And then you realize in the middle of that is these five purpose clauses. And they're all linked together. That's why it's called a henna purpose clause. All right? First, you've got to have inner strength. Secondly, you have to have the indwelling Christ. Thirdly, you have to have miraculous love. Fourthly, you have to have infinite fullness. And fifthly, you will have internal power. Then your high performance machine will run. So it started with step one. We looked at that. The Spirit's power, inner strength. Okay? Verse 16 He would grant you. According to the riches of his glory. Okay. How much glory does he have? Okay. So it's going to be based on that amount. All right. It has to come from him. Please understand that. Please understand that. It's the spirit's power in the inner man. His might by his spirit in the inner man. Listen, we've already gone through this. All believers have the Holy Spirit, period. Okay? Which means that every believer who has the Spirit then has the resources. What? According to the riches of His glory. That's what every believer possesses. Paul is praying then that we be strengthened with might by the indwelling Spirit. In the inner man. In the inner man. Now listen, we've got to really 
belabor this because I watch this happen regularly. People will read their Bible. People will take to memorizing their Bible. People will pour over their Bible. They will embrace their Bible. They know what their Bible says. But they miss chapter 1, 16 to 19. I do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelations in the knowledge of Him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of His calling and what are the riches of His glory of His inheritance to the saints and what is the surpassing greatness of His power towards us who believe. These are in accordance with working of the strength of His might. Okay? There are people who know the Bible. They don't know the strength of His might. My friend used to say it this way. It's not about you mastering the Scriptures. It is about the Scriptures mastering you. That brings me into what I'm looking at now. You have to be strengthened in the inner man. You can have the information. Okay? You can have it all. You can memorize that thing, Genesis to Revelations. All right? But if you're not strengthened in the inner man, you ain't nothing. Oh, no. You're good at Bible trivia. Okay? That God's power would lead to a spirit-controlled life. All right? Which brings us to the second one. The spirit in the inner man strengthens us so that Christ would dwell in us, indwelling of Christ. Okay? Now, that word, when we think about the dwelling of Christ, we all know theologically that Christ is in us, the hope of glory. Remember? Okay, we all know that. All right? But the word in the original language... Is a compound word. Uh, kata, literally the word kata means down. All right? Kaside means at home. So that means he wants to be down home. No. When you put a preposition in front of a verb, it intensifies the verb. All right? So I guess if you really wanted to say, make Christ down home, but he would be at home. He would be comfortable. Comfortable. He would be settled. He would be so settled that all he has to do in the inner man is commune. See, the question, and I, I, I see this often, is not, is Jesus there? The question is, is Jesus comfortable? You ever thought about that? Is he comfortable? I shared with you last week, Genesis 18 and 19. The pre-incarnation. Jesus shows up with two angels to Abraham's tent. And he goes in. 
and fellowships with him and Sarah. Then the two angels go down to Lot. Jesus doesn't go with them. He was comfortable with Abraham. Not so much Lot. Okay? As the Spirit controls your life, He keeps it clean. He keeps it clean. Uh, and I want to share with you something. I tried to find it. I, I read this thing. Gosh. Uh, I, I think Al was still the pastor here. Because I turned him on to it. I, I can't even tell you how I found out about it. There's a little bitty book out. If you can find I don't even know if this thing's still in print. And I'm, I'm just, I was trying to find the book so I could go back and make sure what I was dealing with. But I couldn't find it. So forgive me, I'm doing this from memory. Okay, now I want to hear no smart aleck jokes about memory. Great. <laughs> this is well, once upon a time. The name of the book is My Heart, Christ's Home. Okay, it was written by a guy named Robert Munger. Uh, if you can find it, it's a good read. It's not a complicated read. It's a fun read. And it's, it's like I said, it's, uh, uh, it's kind of like the prayer of Jabez. It's small and should sell millions. But anyway. And he talks about when Christ comes into the believer's being, right? The first room that Christ wanders into is the library, okay? The library. What do you feed your brain with? Okay? So he goes into the library. What is it that you hunger for? Okay, what's in your library? Okay, the, that in your head is where you do all of your thinking. That's, that's, that's where the, what you really want hangs around. And whatever you stick in there is what you kind of hang out with. And you know what? Jesus finds a worldly menu. Okay, now tell me I'm wrong. How many of you can absolutely say emphatically right now, I'm absolutely content? See? That means you've got things in there that the world says you really need this. Right? This, this will help you fill in the blank. So he goes into the library first. And what he sees is the things of the world. So what does Jesus begin doing? Remember, you've been strengthened in the inner man by the Holy Spirit. Jesus starts taking out the worldly stuff. Okay? But you know what I like about Jesus? One of the greatest things that I like about him the most? He never takes without replacing. Okay? So I tell people, I said, you can have the things of the world, hold them loosely. Because if he says you don't, don't need them, and then he takes them, if you've got a really hard, tight grip on them, he'll just break your knuckles. I mean, it's, it's that simple. But he replaces them. He replaces the things of the world with the things that satisfy, that bring completeness okay 
And you can see that, that bring contentment. That brings a life of not wanting. So, question is, if you believe that you have been strengthened in the inner man by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the, according to the riches of His glory, then the next thing you've got to ask yourself, are you satisfied? Because what you will find Him doing in the library is that He places the will of the Father in the library. That is where my contentment comes from. He puts His Word in my library. Okay? Cool. Now that we got that done, where does Jesus go? That's easy. The dining room. He's off to the dining room. He's changed the library. And by changing the library, the dining room will only have one thing on its menu. The will of God. Why? Because the thinking has changed. Here's a question. What do you hunger for? What do you hunger for? What is the thing that consumes you that has the most passion, the most accumulated thought in your life? Because that's coming out of your library. And that will be your appetite. That'll be your appetite. Okay? So, he's got the library squared away. He's got the dining room squared away because the library is taken care of. So where does he go next? Thought you would never ask. Everybody knows where you go after you've been in the library and if you've been in the dining room, you go to the living room. That's that place where most of the activity is, huh? That's where your living room is. That's where you put your TV Paige has got a piano in there. I've got a guitar in there. And, you know, you, you sit. And that, that's the living room. When you have people over, you go to the living room. And everybody sits around in the living room, right? Lots of activity. How much of that activity is to Jesus? He is there. Or is it that He is just there? Well, you know, there's there's a lot of activity. I mean, there's, you know, we, we've got a dog. You've got to scratch the dog. If you don't, she'll jump on you or something. And you've got all this stuff that you've got to take care of. That, you know, a lot going on in the living room. You know, and, you know, sometimes you have guests. You, you've you got to give, give some attention to the guests. And don't forget, we have all been blessed with cell phones. Okay. I remember a guy one time wanted me to move to Montana with him. He was a wannabe mountain man. And uh, we were conversing back and forth. He was a temporary worker. He didn't have a phone in his house. So whenever he wanted to call somebody, he had to leave his apartment, walk down the street, I don't know, about a half a block, get a pay phone. I know, what's a pay phone? But he had a pay phone, and then he'd call you, okay? And I said, uh, Harold, how's come you ain't got a phone? He smiled at me and says, 
I don't want a bell in my house that anybody in the world can ring anytime they feel like it. <laughs> and I was like, well, oh, there you go. Okay, Harold. All right. But look at what we do with cell phones. And, you know, we've, we've got we've to answer these people. I was asked a question. But we acknowledge the presence of our friends, don't we? Don't we tell our friends hello? We have nice friends, maybe. Let me ask you this. What greater friend is there than Jesus? Now, I distinctly remember reading... Lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Okay, so ask yourself this question. How many days has he spent with you? Did you ever acknowledge his presence? Yet, he's a friend forever. You know what I really like about that? It's not it's based on him. It's not based on us. Which where I come from, that's a good thing. Think about it. You have a spouse, a child, or something like that, and they're sitting in the room with you, at some point you're going to acknowledge them. Unless you got your face stuck in your computer or your cell phone or The living room is the place of fellowship. Right? You know what that means? The living room in the heart of a man is the place of his time with Christ. See, that's the right fellowship. And we need to watch out for that. We need to clear out Possibly some of those worldly acquaintances. Some of that uh, wasted activity. Some is not profitable. Listen, I, I liken it this way. Spend time with Christ and spend time with people who have Christ living in them. That should be our activity. That should be the focus of our living room. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Let me read you in its context. 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more, as you see the day drawing near. Okay? That's the living room. That's where we spend time with Christ. That's where we should spend time with people that Jesus lives in. Those people. 
Those should be a priority. This is very important. Another one that I remember in this little bitty book was the workshop. The workshop. Nice tools. All organized. I don't know what that is, but nice tools and they're all organized. And I've seen pictures of it in magazines. Okay? I, I grew up in the trades, different trades. And I remember when I was building houses, there were framers. And a framer was a person who could, with a big enough hammer and a big enough nail, I can make it fit. Okay, then there were what I call carpenters. They had a, a greater eye for precision. The framers just built the outer walls, put the roof on and stuff like that. Carpenters, you, you could see them inside and they'll be doing the baseboard trim and windows and, and around the door jams and stuff like that. But then there was a third group that I call craftsmen. Okay. And what they could do with wood, you just sit there and go, how do you do that? Okay, because these are the guys you see with the sandpaper, and then they can make furniture. They can make cabinets. They can do all of this stuff, and and it's so detailed, and it's so precise. You're sitting there going, wood's all crooked. How'd you make it straight? Okay. Uh, that's what, when you see the guy with the sandpaper, you know, that's a craftsman. When you see a guy with the framing axe, you know, that's a framer. Because I can take that framing axe and it weighs about 24 ounces on the top and it's got a sharp blade on the back so I can trim it to fit. Okay? It's based on their abilities. Their abilities. I've seen guys that had, had an eye for stuff and you just sit there and go, gee, the crickets. And that was back when I could really see. <laughs> now I don't even think about it. I've seen them make toys. And you, you just sit there and go, wow, that's, that's totally awesome. I remember for me and my dad made a Pinewood Derby car. I don't know if anybody knows what that is. With the Boy Scouts, please don't make fun of me. But uh, we made that and it was, it was kind of cool. Listen, he goes into the workshop and he says, look, you've got all these really cool stuff in here, but I want all of our abilities and talents and capabilities and I want to cause them to produce things for the kingdom. Everybody in this room has got some kind of an ability, a talent. What are you using it for? I'm pretty sure the Lord says, lay up your treasure in heaven where rust and moth and thief can't get to it. Make things that have eternal value. So, she's all done, right? It's got your library done, right? Got the... Kitchen done or the dining area done? Amen. Living room, I got that all squared away. He's got that all cleaned up. The workshop, I'm working for the kingdom of God. No problem. And then Jesus looks at a guy and says, there's still an odor. Something's, I smell something. But it's all done. Look how wonderful it is. I still smell something. 
Lord, look at all that I've given you. Oh, what's that little door right there? Ah, the closet. See, the closet is where we put our personal sin. I don't want nobody to see. Right? Those hidden things, they go in the closet. But see, they're not public. I mean, I, I don't know people run around and, let me look in your closet. Okay, I'm sure there's those people out there, but I have not run into them. Okay? <laughs> but I, I mean, you want to look in my closet? Sure, man, go ahead. Okay, watch out for the body. <laughs> what? <laughs> but anyway. But do you see what I mean? We have closets. We've got that place where nobody can see that. That's just, it can't be that big a deal. It's just a little bitty room. It's not, you know, it's not, well, some of us got walk-in closets, but normally you've got just this little bitty closet. You know what I've learned is that sometimes the homeowner gets angry about their closets. Okay. Hey, I've given you everything else. You've got the library. You've got the dining room. You've got the living room. you even got my workshop. Christ commands, open it up. That little bitty place that's full of those secret things. Those things that we play with in our mind. Because nobody sees them. I just got to sit right there. Nobody, nobody. I can just sit there and smile. What are you smiling about? I just come out of the living room with Jesus. <laughs> Why are you standing in front of the closet? Just thinking about it. That place. No one sees it. The Lord comes in and he cleans out the closet. Cleans it out. Guess what? Now he's comfortable. He's at home. I want to show you. Look at verse 17, into 17. Dwell in your hearts. How? Through faith. Through faith. Listen, that's the key to that verse. Please understand. Okay, now I, I got I got to keep emphasizing this. This is the second of a purpose clause that's in a henna group. First, I'm being strengthened in the inner man by the Spirit of the living God according to the riches of His glory. Okay? Then, Christ cleans house. Cleans house. All right? How do I know that He's cleaned house? By faith. Okay. See. We can't see. That he is at home. We believe he is. When we know. Our lives are. His. His. I told you. that God. Uh, you guys know about how I came to salvation. But there was a time. That I kind of copped an attitude. 
I, I, it's just it's a long story, but anyway, uh, I had gone to work. I was building houses way out east. I had gone to work. I remember going to work on a Monday morning. I regained consciousness on Wednesday, okay, uh, in the Aurora Hospital. And when I opened my eyes, you know, you got the fluorescent lights on the ceiling. And as soon as I opened my eyes, I saw that light. And this is what went through my mind. You're not your own. You've been bought and paid for with price. Okay. You're laying flat on your back in a hospital bed. <laughs> All you can do is, amen. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, wait a minute. Okay, well, here, we'll fix it. We can't see he is at home. We believe he is when we know that our lives are his. It is no longer about us. I don't care about your education. I don't care about what your goals are. I don't want to care about your futures. You are mine. By faith, we accept that Christ is at home. How do I know? How do I know? Well, come on, people. Really? By faith, I believe he came into my life. By faith, I confess my sin and he cleanses me. By faith, if I confess and he deal with them by turning from it, I know that I'm forgiven. The inner man and the power of the Holy Spirit, then I believe that he is at home. If not, he's in the process of cleaning up the house. The Lord has enough grief in the world without you and I adding to it. Wouldn't we rather have him at home, comfortable and at ease? See, Genesis tells me that I was sold into the slavery of sin. It dominated my life. But now I have been bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ into the slavery of righteousness. I am his. I belong lock, stock and barrel. If he wants to clean out my closet, he'll clean out my closet. I was like him to give me a coat of new paint, but we haven't got that negotiated yet. Okay. Sometimes we're getting a little thin up here, maybe a new roof. But yeah, we're doing all right. Salvation is not to keep you out of hell. We looked at that this morning in Sunday school. It is to conform you into the image of his son. Listen, if you love somebody... Do you seek to break their heart? You may break their heart by accident, but you don't get up and say, what can I do today? <laughs> because if you do, <laughs> we're going to read about you in the paper. <laughs> we, we don't know what happened. A meteor fell out, shaped like a refrigerator, squashed them like a bug. 
Do you get into a relationship so you can take everything you can get, but you don't want to give anything of you? Do we really have the mentality that says, give me all you've got forever, and I'm not giving you anything? Really? Let me tell you something. Philosophically, that attitude will bury you. Because it doesn't take long for everybody around you to say, nah, all that person does is suck the life out of people. Why would I want to be around them? And yet there are Christians who are doing that very thing to Jesus Christ. Now, remember what I had just said. There are Christians that are doing that very thing. Give me all that you've got. And I'll catch you in heaven. If we love the Lord Jesus Christ, then we should strive not to grieve the Lord. We should strive not to make Him uncomfortable. We should strive, desire to make Him at home. Listen. The Lordship of Christ should extend to every room in your life. You don't compartmentalize it. When I'm in traffic, when I'm at home, when I'm at work, wherever I'm at, He wants it all. So after you have been strengthened with power of the might of the Holy Spirit in the inner man, you are now in a spirit-controlled life. That results in being Christ-centered. And guess what? The dwelling gets cleaned. And there's little bitty things you've got to give up. But it's like I said, mark my words. If he wants it, give it to him, because he's going to replace it with something that's just going to freak you out. That's a theological term. Freak you out. Christ settles down. He gets comfortable in every part of your life. And He is at home. At home. And if you think about that, I want you to think about that for a second. He's at home. That's incredible. God of the universe would be settled down and be at home in us. Holy Lord Almighty, comfortable in us. Remember, we looked at this in Corinthians. Your body is a temple of what? Holy Spirit. Okay, now... I want to show you one more thing. People ask me this a lot. Or they have, I guess. Not so much anymore. Do you understand that this is the will of God? To be comfortable in you? That's His will. 
Did you know that Jesus prayed that? John's Gospel, chapter 14, verse 23 says this. Jesus answered and said to them, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. We all have heard that, haven't we? Anyone loves me? You know, First John hammers on that on a regular basis. But look what else it says. And my Father will love him, and we... Got that? You know what that we thing is, right? And we will come to him and make our abode with him. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that. I mean, it's just, whoa, there you go. <laughs> if you keep my word, that means you love me. If you love me, guess what? My father loves you too. And how much do we love you? We're going to come and live with you. <laughs> oh my goodness. Will make their home in us. <laughs> God the Father, God the Son, they want to come and be at home in your life. <laughs> I know some of you are doing the same thing I'm doing why would he want to be with that person but anyway and it's that's amazing and you, you see what I'm trying to get at there's people says here's what I'm supposed to do and not do I'm supposed to love my wife as Christ loves the church to give myself for I got to make sure my wife submits to me I got to make sure my kids honor me I got to make sure I'm good to my employees I got to make sure dude look at this God the Father, God the Son, make their abode with you? What's your challenge? What shall we say of this? We looked this morning. If God is for us, move over. That's not what it says, but you know what I'm getting at. Do you see what I'm getting at? Brothers and sisters... We go through the motions and we do the duties and we do all of these things. And what I've been praying for everybody in this congregation is that God would open our hearts. And that we would be strengthened in the inner man. So that Christ would be comfortable in our lives. And it would be the abode of the Father and the Son. They don't want us to take them to a place where they're uncomfortable. Listen, let me give you a basic Christian truth that is missing. But it's basic Christian truth, okay? Everything you do, everything you think, everywhere you go, Involves the Lord. So if I take this prayer. <laughs> then I should make my life practice his presence by faith. I know that he's present. I have to know he is there. 
to believe that he is there, to believe he is only at home in my life as I am dealing with sin. I have to deal with it. When he points it out to it, how many times do we argue about it? Well, it's not that big a deal. Really? Clean out the closet. What's for supper? What are you using your talents and your capabilities for? What's in the library? I want the father to be at home. I want the son to be at home. I want that little prayer of Jesus to be answered in my life. I want to be one who loves him and keeps his word. They'll be at home. But let me tell you, it cannot be done unless there is strength in the inner man. It's impossible. Listen, if you never yield to the Spirit, obey the Spirit, it's impossible for you then to avoid sin. Let alone deal with it. Your strength is not able to keep the rooms clean. You can't do it. You can't do it. I've got this one closet. <laughs> and I put these shelves in it so I could put my sleeping bags in. You didn't have to roll them up. And they could stay poofy. Uh, and I put them in there. And I put these shelves in. And this. I put this rack up and I could hang my backpacks on it. At that time I was climbing. I had some climbing gear and some stuff like that. Put a little place around there so I could put all of this. You know, I've got a, a sea bag. That was my dad's, and it's got a bunch of his Marine Corps stuff, and I still got it. And that's stick back It's all organized. I don't even get in that thing. Don't even open it up. Don't even. The other day I opened it up, and all this stuff is falling out, and it's laying all over the floor, and it just looks like something exploded. I'm sitting there going, what the heck happened? Then I start seeing Josh's possessions, and Tara's possessions, and, and all the rest of it. So... See, we can't keep it clean. We can't keep it clean. So if you're not strengthened in the inner man by the might of the Holy Spirit, guess what? What's going to end up back in your library? Things of the world. What's your appetite going to be for? Things of the world. What will you use your talents for? Things of the world. And then you'll take the outcasts and throw them into the closet. Until the Spirit has granted you that strength in the inner man. The question I guess for today is, will you give him control of your life? Did you hear what I said? Entire. Every room, nook, and cranny. That's the challenge. When you don't have that inner strength, Christ will never settle down and be at home in your life. And you know what? I can spot those Christians a mile away. You know why? It's easy. They're in conflict. They're in conflict. 
They are a pain to Christ and they are a pain to self because Christ is chastening them for obedience. Okay? Strengthen in the inner man by the power and might of the Holy Spirit according to the riches of God's glory. Christ starts cleaning house and he gets comfortable. Guess what? That you would be rooted and grounded in love. Okay? So remember what I said. You have to do these in order or none of this fits. And I'll look at step three next week. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for the power that spoke existence into being to be a part of the Christian soul. And that, Father, that you um, would grant each of us, according to the riches of your glory, that we would have strength with power through your spirit. Father, we'd be overwhelmed with the presence of Christ at every point that we are. And that, Father, we would rejoice in it. And even be able to comprehend with the saints the love that surpasses knowledge. To you, my Lord, my Savior, in Christ's name, amen.